0: And if you would, please, we're going to pray. Today, Lord, we thank you for the precious Word of God, for the devotion. And we lift up the families that have been hit hard with death, the Coleman family. Then there's been even Dolores and her side of the family. Look at Sister Catherine and her family. There's others here, Lord, that have been hit with death and heartache. But God, we know that you are still God. (laughs) And for those that know Christ, death just means that we now get to be with the Lord throughout eternity. And so while it's an experience that still hurts, yet it brings joy to the soul when a saint goes to be with the Lord. Now we pray that you will bring comfort to the family, bring healing over time, Pray that God there will be a reevaluation of life. That we will know and understand that we've been called to a goal. We've been called to a purpose in Christ. May we not miss it. Now we pray that as we preach the word today, as you give Lord insight, that you will help me to preach under the anointing. Pray that God you will guide and direct. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to have you sit down as I read today. In your Bibles, turn, in your, turn your Bibles to uh, Acts chapter 27. I'm going to begin at verse 39 and read straight through chapter 28. So I'm going to read kind of quickly through here. But <clears throat> if you're going to be looking on the board, it will read a little bit differently than my NIV, but you will be able to follow along in the version that you have. Acts chapter 27 Seven, beginning at verse 39 straight through 28. For those who have not been in the series, you may be a little bit lost or not sure where we are as I make references to certain things, but just note that we've been doing an extensive series on the book of Acts. Beginning at verse number 39, and it reads, When daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but they saw a bay with a sandy beach where they decided to run the ship aground, if they could. Cutting loose the anchors, they left them in the sea and at the same time untied the ropes that held the rudders. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach, but the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow stuck fast and would not move, and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land in safety. Chapter 28. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and he put it on the fire. A viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to, li- to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual, unusual happen to him, they changed their minds They said, he was a god. <laughs> There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and for three days entertained us hospitably. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. They honored us in many ways, and when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with the supplies we needed. After three months, we put out to sea in a ship that had wintered in the island. It was an Alexandrian ship with the figurehead of the twin gods, Castor and Pollux. We put in at Syracuse and stayed there three days. From there, we set sail and arrived at Regium. Regium. Skip down if you would. No, keep, I'm going to keep right on going. Verse 14, actually. There we found some brothers who invited us to spend a week with them, and so we came to Rome. The brothers there had heard that we were coming, and they traveled as far as the form of Atheist and the three taverns to meet us. At the sight of Paul, excuse me, at the sight of these men, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. When we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. Three days later, he called together the leaders of the Jews. When they assembled, Paul said to them, My brothers, although I have done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. But when the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar. Not that I had any charge to bring against my own people. For this reason, I have asked to see you and talk with you. It is because of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. They replied, we have not received any letters from Judea concerning you. And none of the brothers who have come from there has reported or said anything of." anything bad about you but we want to hear what your views are for we know that people everywhere are talking against this sect they arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying from morning till evening he explained and declared to them the kingdom of God and tried to convince them about Jesus from the law of Moses and from the prophets some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your forefathers when he said through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say you will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seen but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. And they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to him. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God, and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. For a title, if you are writing this down, please write down, Reaching the Final Destination with Challenges Along the Way. Reaching the Final Destination with Challenges Along the Way. There's a name that I want you to hear. Dioscori. Dioscori or Dioscori. These are the twin sons in legend, the twin sons of Zeus. You know that when Paul and Emma were about to leave to go to Rome, they said that there were the twin gods, Castor and Pollux. The legend is that these were the sons of Zeus. The twin sons of Zeus and Leda, Castor and Pollux. When you see in the Bible, when we read, when they were about to leave, and that Alexandrian ship was there at the front helm. There they had or at the front, they had Castor and Pollux, and they were believed to help them with navigation. It is Greek mythology, and they were the deities of Greek navigation. Represented in the constellation Gemini. The Diascori were twin brothers, according to their legend. And when you look at how some people believe certain things, and how people believe that they get their guidance from that which is false, one has to wonder. And why do people believe what they do? It was believed that these gods would give a smooth voyage to where they were going. That's the legend behind these names, Castor and Pollux. The first point that we want to consider today is the process is part of the plan in reaching the goal. The process is part of the plan in reaching the goal. There are many people who wish they could reach their destination by simply blinking their eyes. Wish I could get there with no trouble at all. (laughs) Most people fight the process of getting to their final destination. They fight all the way. Every curved roadblock. Every hindrance is seen as just another problem that should not be there for us to get where we want to go. We complain all the way. Everything is a problem. But we need to understand that the process is a part of reaching the goal. With many people... What many people don't seem to realize and uh, to realize and struggle with is that the process is unavoidable. You cannot avoid the process. You have the option of choosing a course of action, but you cannot avoid the process no matter what you may desire. You never get to a final destination without having steps to go through. Most people complain about the process they are are going through. They often look and say, I wish I had what that person had. And they crave another person's process. Not knowing what that person's process entails. People just look and see. I see that they seem to be doing okay. And they crave that person's process. Hating the process that they are on themselves. God has given a process for every individual in helping you to reach the goal and you cannot go through another person's process and be successful. The road for Paul to Rome Was one that he did not necessarily choose for himself. But it involved others when they started the journey to Rome. It might have involved others making the decision to leave port. But it was God who was directing that ship. Sailing at that time of the year was not the way, was not the thing to do. But because Paul could not stop it, he had to leave it in the hands of God. Some of you are in situations right now that have come about not because of your own decisions, but some you have. And if there are things that are outside of your control, you need to understand that God has a way of bringing you through, even though you may not have got yourself there. Paul is on this journey for two weeks now, and they haven't seen the sun, nor the moon, nor the stars. Whatever figurehead might have been on the front of that ship, it didn't help them. So Paul, as they started out on their journey, had run into a major problem. But God told Paul, when he was in prison... About to go to Rome, Paul, you're going to Rome. You're going to Rome. But he didn't give him all the details of how he was going to get there. You, see, Some people today, they want to know all the ins and the outs. But God says there's a goal for you to reach. You see, we are going to heaven for those who have accepted the Lord. And there's a process that we have to go through, and God has not given us all the details along the way. What he has told us is that you can make it there. I've already prepared prepared a place for you to be. But the process is something that you cannot avoid. Today, people want heaven, but don't want to live for the Lord. Today, people crave blessings, but don't want to live for God. Today, people want satisfaction, but don't want to hear what the Word of God has to say. Today, we want all the blessings of God, but want to give Him half-service. When the Lord told Paul that he was going to Rome, Paul knew that he was going to get there. And after two weeks on a ship that had been driven by this northeaster, this hurricane, there was an angel that stood by Paul. And says Paul, "Take courage. You're going to reach Rome. And I want you to know, just because of who you are, all." 275 other men on board i'm gonna save because of you paul they they're gonna i'm gonna save their lives in other words they're gonna to get to land safely because of you some of us are living on our parents prayers until i could come through and accept the lord i know i was living on my parents prayers now i know that at the time, I was running the streets acting like a little brat. Y'all didn't know it, though. <laughs> but there comes a time when we've got to stand for ourselves before God. Whatever Paul's history may have been, God changed Paul. And he began to live for the Lord. And when that angel stood by Paul and says, Paul, you're going to Rome? Every man on this ship I'm going to give into your hands. When they got to this place and saw this beach, they decided, now the ship is breaking up. Let's try to run the ship to this beach and have it run aground there. But while they're on the way, it hit a sandbar. And the ship is now being broken up to pieces. Now get this. There are some of the men on board that can't swim. I'm in that category. I would have been one that would have been glad to hear the word of Paul that said, the Lord says, not a hair of your head is going to be lost. Oh, Lord, thank you. Hallelujah. All the hair I used to have, gone. No more. I can keep a little bit I have. Thank you, Lord. Those of you that can swim. Jump overboard. The rest of you, where's the she I've been looking for boards. I'd have been to have about three or four of them. On my legs. I'd have had all of them. God's divine plan, no matter what the devil may bring, is going to be accomplished. It was because of, of, of God's favor on Paul's life. Even when it came towards the end, when they're about to go overboard, that the soldiers are saying, we need to kill these prisoners that were taken with us because we know that if they get away, our lives are on the line. So they say, better them than us. Let's kill them. But Julius, the centurion, he loved Paul He wanted to protect him. I won't say love, but he wanted to protect Paul. He says, no, everybody get to the, sh- to the, sh- to the sand. He saved Paul's life. Yeah. Hmm. Yet it was God still intervening right there at that particular time. There's a destination that you've got to reach, and there are definitely challenges along the way. Now, as they get to the island, the islanders there are seeing all these people come on these boards and swimming, recognizing that it's been storming, it's cold, it's raining. And here they are, have been blown, not knowing where they were for two weeks. Now, get this. They arrive at an island that they don't know about, and they don't know what the name of it is. The island is called Malta. About 60 miles from Cilicia, and and, and it is a a, a place that, that still got somehow miraculously kept them on course, still towards Rome, even though they didn't know it. And it is at this place where they get to shore that the islanders, that you've got to realize they don't know what to expect. Are they going to help us or try to kill us? They showed them unusual kindness, and they built a fire for them to help warm them. They, they helped them, and they began to gather twigs and sticks and, and, and brush to, Help build the fire, and Paul even helped them. You know, there are some people who think they're too good to work. I, I know I say this a lot, but 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 some people who think they that that's that's just ben, that's just below me. That's just beneath me. I don't do that type of work. Pardon me. I don't get it when people want to enjoy the benefits of the fire, but don't want to do anything to help build it. Don't let something go wrong or something happen they don't like. While they won't work in providing help, their mouth goes to work rather quickly. And it goes without ceasing. There would have been people on that shore. Complaining, why do we have to come here? How come this island? That's like a Cabela island over there. You just came off of a boat that was broken up. You want to get to any kind of land. Lord, have mercy. You are on a journey. And the process that you are on, God has given that process to you. You've got to go through that process. Because that process is going to help you get to where you need to go. I am convinced that God's blessing in our lives has a short shelf life. After God has done a tremendous work, it isn't long before our complaining machine starts to kick in. We don't remember God's blessing. Short-lived. God can do miracles. Short-lived. Do y'all remember when Paul had 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 done a miracle and the people were hailing him, oh he's a god, and Paul was, and they wanted to offer sacrifices and and then a couple minutes later the people came from a different area and said, Oh, that man is a trouble. And then they stoned him right a few minutes later. He just provided a miracle, a short shelf life. We don't remember our blessings. We see Paul being willing to help put twigs and bulrush on the fire. And as he gathers this these sticks and goes to work after coming from the sea, some people have been saying, I'm too tired. I need to sit down and rest. Do y'all see? I just came from the water. Y'all go ahead and help build this fire. I need to rest. Whoa, I'm tired. <laughs> Paul goes to work, and while he's gathering the sticks, because of the coldness, there is a snake and part of the brush that he picks up. And as he goes to put it on the fire, the heat wakens the snake. And as he's about to put it there, it takes hold of Paul's hand. You see, the Lord told Paul that he's going to Rome. Don't get distracted because of the poisons and the vipers and the snakes and all the stuff that comes up to keep you from reaching your goal. God said, Paul, you're going to Rome. And when the snake lashed onto Paul's hand, he shook it off into the fire. Wiped his nose a little bit. Picked up some more twigs and put it on the fire and sat down and threw his arms around himself and rubbed his arms to get warm. While all eyes are like, they thought (laughs) just like legend this man did something wrong he's been out in the sea the winds were after him escaped the winds then he got into the sea somehow he escaped the sea Ah, but we know he's got to be a murderer because now he's gotten bitten by a poisonous viper and he's about to die. They waited a long time. They waited a long time looking at each other and Paul and they said, this brother should have been dead by now. This is too long. We've, been long. We've been on this island. We know what happens when a poisonous state like this, and it lashed on his hand. We know he got a lot of venom in him. But the Lord told Paul, you're going to Rome. And after they come to realize that there were no ill effects happening, they changed their minds. They said, you know, this man must be a god. <laughs> This this man must be a god. And they said there's something special about him. They're on an island where the Lord needs to be seen. And the Lord takes Paul and uses Paul's process that he has ordained for Paul to reach Publius, the chief official there. And this person takes Paul into their house and shows kindness to all of these people. And in kindness to him, Paul then heals his father, the Holy Spirit, but God uses Paul to bring healing to his father who was sick with dysentery. Look at God. And when people began to hear, this is there's a man on this island that came from the sea. He just healed the chief official's daddy. Y'all want to be healed? Say no more. we own on our way. <laughs> Throughout the island. Now get this. i got to hurry through this because time is almost up. <laughs> After three months, three months on this island. Man, can you imagine Paul being on an island for three months? He started a seminary there. I know he did. (laughs) Preached. Healed. Prayed for. Counseled. Changed that island that they didn't know they were supposed to be on. And they were just being driven by the wind. But God had ordained the storm and used it for the purpose of saving lives. Don't take your encounters, (laughs) don't take them by, just don't take them, you know, like, uh, oh, that's just happened by chance. No, God gives divine guidance when he does things. And Paul was on that island by God's divine providence. When it was time for them to go, the Bible says they supplied them with everything they needed. And there was another Alexandrian ship that was there that was on its way to Rome. It had harbored there because you didn't travel. shouldn't have been traveling during that time, but God used it. And they then reached Rome. Now, let me say this as we get to this place. When they get to Rome, I can't even even mention my second point. When they get to Rome, something very interesting happens. Two things I want you to know. One is that Paul calls the church or the believers, the Jewish people there, so that he could speak to them. And when he talks to them, he tells them why he is there. He has nothing against his brothers, but he is there because accusations have been made against him. They say, we haven't heard anything. Now, if you remember, I think it was Claudius, when we were in the earlier part of Acts, had sent all the Jews, Jewish people out of Rome. That's how we come to meet Aquila and Priscilla and how they began to minister with Paul. There had been a band of them there and now evidently they're able to come back there. Now now while Paul is there, he calls them together and they say, we haven't heard anything. So he says, we want to hear what you have to say because all we know is that people around the world are talking about, they say, the sect. not a sect. Jesus Christ is not a sect. But that's the name that they gave it. And they came in even larger numbers. Now, I want you to understand something important as we bring this to a conclusion for today. When Paul gave them the word of God, at the end of his ministry that we hear in Rome, in Romans, or when he's in, rather in Rome, do you know that some believed and some rejected? Now, get this. The very same thing happened when Paul started his ministry. Remember when he went to the synagogue and said, Brother Paul, we want to hear more about this. Now this is what happens. When Paul tells them this, Paul used a passage in the book of Isaiah. He used a passage from Isaiah. In verse 28, um, it says, Go to this people. Verse 26, go to this people and say you will be ever hearing but never understanding. Once they rejected the word of God, the very same thing happened as I said at the beginning. When Paul gave the word of God and the crowd came in large numbers, some accepted, some rejected. He gave the same message message, and the exact same thing happened. And he said in both cases, the word of God is being sent or given to the Gentiles. Now when Paul said it,
1: uh, when
0: he was in Pisidian or in Antioch, he used a passage in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6. So when you look at Acts chapter 13, verses 46 and 47, the passage that Paul uses is Isaiah 49, 6. In the passage that we just read today, Paul used, the passage of Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. People hearing but not understanding because they don't want to hear the word of God. And so Paul concludes the word is being sent to the Gentiles. Now, the book of Acts ends pretty abruptly. And there's been many discussions and debates about that. Give me one minute and we'll be done. But the book ends at a place where one commentator says it needs to, and I agree. It ends that Paul stayed at his own place for two years, accepting people to come to him as he taught them about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where it ends. The focus is on Jesus Christ. You can get to your final destination if your final destination is not Christ. Christ has to be the final destination. There's a process. You've got your own process that God has taken you through. But the goal is Christ. He's the beginning, the alpha, and the end, the omega. Don't covet anybody else's process. Go through the process God has for you. And I tell you this, since you've got to go through it anyway, go through joyfully. Now, there's some things you've got to get out of. You've got some things you've got to, you know what, some situations you're saying, get. good, God says, get out of that. That's not what I have for you. God gives detours. Take those detours. Okay, Lord, I'm going, Yep. But don't look for an easy solution. I don't like this way. It's just seems so hard. Yes, life is hard, full of decisions. But it's the process that God has for you. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. The only way to be saved is to accept the Lord Christ as your Savior. So simple, the Lord just God. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I accept you as my Savior. That's what it takes. And then it's living for Him, not saying, "Oh, I accept the Lord one day," and then live. Don't live for Him. No. Spoke some words. Living for Christ, mm-hmm. accepting him means living for him. Mm-hmm. God, in this place today, pray that hearts will be changed. Hearts will understand that we're on a journey. And this journey, Lord, is going to end somewhere. We pray today that we will move forward and not backwards. That we will walk in the plan that you have ordained for us. Not that which is comfortable for us. But that which you have ordained. Give us the grace and your strength to take us through. Don't leave us in our (laughs) process. But take us through our process. Take us through, Lord, what you have for us. We're praying today that you, oh God, help us when we don't even see clearly what to do. That we will walk in obedience to your word. We love you today. We give you glory in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have an awesome day.